Welcome to the Soul Sessions Podcast. Deep dive into the causes and real issues underlying addiction, codependency, emotional eating, weight concerns, and the trance of unworthiness. Tune in weekly to befriend, nourish, and heal body, feelings, mind, and soul. And now, your host, soul-centered psychotherapist, trauma expert, and mind-body eating coach, Jody Gale. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Sessions with Jodie Gale podcast. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which my office is based and across which we virtually meet, and pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening to this podcast. Today is an episode with me, and I'm going to be talking about how to find meaning and purpose in difficult times. So with COVID still sweeping the globe and parts of the world still in lockdown, there is still great suffering as people are grieving, sometimes multiple losses, so family members, employment, freedom, the world as we knew it. However, as we've paused over the last year, we've also caught glimpses of heartwarming stories of true connection and compassion towards each other. Throughout history, there have been many inspirational people who have shown us that even through unimaginable suffering and trauma in life, it is still possible to find value, meaning and purpose out of major life crises. So their stories provide us with hope in times of darkness and despair. Nelson Mandela was a perfect example of someone who was able to do this. He turned his suffering into hope. His attitude was one of optimism, even in the face of extreme adversity. So he said, I'm fundamentally an optimist. Whether that comes from nature or nurture, I cannot say. Part of being an optimistic is keeping one's head pointed towards the sun, one's feet moving forward. And there were many dark moments when my faith in humanity was sorely tested but I would not and could not give myself up to despair. That way lies defeat and death. In Man's Search for Meaning, which is one of the most influential post-war psychology books published, Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl said, the way in which a man accepts his fate and all the suffering it entails, the way in which he takes up his cross gives him ample opportunity, even under the most difficult circumstances, to add a deeper meaning to his life. So if you hashtag COVID on social media, there was a period of time where we came across many posts encouraging us to focus on the silver lining and to find meaning and purpose throughout the current world situation. There was one post in particular that asked us which zone we want to be in, the fear zone, the learning zone or the growth zone. So many of these quotes and infographics are inspirational for sure, but we must remember that finding silver linings and meaning and purpose throughout difficult times is a journey and one that almost certainly catapults us into the depth and darkness of the grieving process along the way. So many years ago, after receiving the news that my 12th IVF cycle had failed, I was encouraged to just think positive and focus on the silver lining. And in that moment, all I felt was excruciating, deep, black hole kind of pain. And it was pain not only because of the loss of of a dream, but pain from my trauma history. That would take a whole episode to go into that. But it's, you know, around the child thinking you know, one day I'll grow up and I'll have my own happy family. And then you realize that that's not going to happen. It was very, very, very painful. 
So it was a seven-year journey through hell and back before I could see any kind of light at the end of the tunnel. Having become a mother through foster to adopt 10 years ago now, I now find myself often saying, thank goodness for infertility. We wouldn't be blessed with these amazing children otherwise. Another example is my eating disorder and addiction recovery. So I see my work as a psychotherapist as a blessing, and it could only have come about because of my own suffering and many years dedicated to my own recovery journey. But to enter the growth zone takes time. So in that that discomfort you're feeling is grief, which is an online article, David Kessler, so he's the co-author with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross of the book On Grief and Grieving. So he discusses their five stages of grief and his new work on the sixth stage of grief, Finding Meaning. So finding meaning out of suffering is not a new concept. It is the core thesis of Frankel's book mentioned earlier, Man's Search for Meaning. And as a psychosynthesis psychotherapist, it's one of our core models um, in a psychospiritual training. So the stages are not linear and we may find ourselves um, moving in and out of each stage. So we might dip in and out and then be catapulted back to one and then back to another. So in this current global crisis, um, you, you know, the stages in order might have looked like this. So number one is denial. And that might have looked like the virus won't affect us. We are only in our 20s. Two, anger. You are making us stay at home and away from our activities. Fuck you. I'm going out anyway. Three, bargaining. Okay, I get it. If we social distance for two weeks, then everything will be better, right? Four, sadness and depression. I don't know when this will end. How long is this going to go on for? Five, acceptance. This is happening. So this is where our personal power lies. So we can focus on those things that we can control and let go of those things that we cannot. And number six, finding meaning. So there is great suffering and something valuable has come out of this experience. Now, I don't know about you, but I, over the last year, have been, you know, like yo-yoing and swinging between all of these stages. So like he says, it's, it's not linear. We move in and out. And I've got to say, I'm pretty much feeling number four at the moment. I just don't know when this will end. And, you know, we're pretty lucky here in Australia. We have had little bouts here and there. But um, just watching what's happening in the rest of the world, it's, it's pretty depressing, especially with India at the moment. Okay, so messages of positive thinking and find the silver lining. They have the right intention, but they are often the wrong intervention. So they are well-meaning, but they encourage detouring around the grieving process and they provide a direct route to a spiritual bypass. They can also unconsciously increase spiritual narcissism. So, for example, in the zone graphic that I mentioned earlier, there is a judgment towards those who are stuck in the fear zone and a positive vibe towards those in the learning and the growth zones. So the behaviours we are seeing in the fear zone are in many cases a fight-flight-freeze response to trauma So regardless of where we are, so likely moving between all three zones, the most helpful thing to do is to be kind and compassionate towards ourselves, no matter which stage you find yourself in. So even if we are stuck in fear and, you know, back when everyone was panic buying and so on, we still need to be kind and compassionate towards ourselves and to others. If you see other people stuck in the fear zone, that's a really good time for you to be um, compassionate, not judgmental. 
interestingly, I recently posted a photo of my fridge in my new therapy room on Instagram with the sticker and it says, fuck good vibes only, all feelings are welcome here. It got more likes than any other post that I've posted in the last six years. I also recently did an episode with Dr. Lara Owen about toxic positivity. So I'll link to that to the show notes. But what that's telling me is that there is Whilst there's a lot of um, just think positive, focus on the silver lining, there's also a a group of people who are realising that this is not really a healthy approach. So as someone who has worked with women who have suffered deeply due to childhood trauma, emotional neglect and the resulting issues, so anxiety, addiction, codependency, depression, disordered eating, what I know for sure is that spiritual bypassing, avoiding feelings, sweeping under the rug, numbing and medicating our pain, they are all useful mechanisms for coping in the short term, but long term are all surefire ways to create more suffering. So how do we transform? This is a quote by Frederick and Mary Ann Broussart, and they are from Spirituality in Practice. Transformation usually involves the shedding of old ways, especially those that have become burdens. This practice proclaims that no matter who you are, no matter what has already happened to you, no matter what you have done, it is still possible to be and do something new. So whether it is individually as we grapple with our personal dilemmas and demons or globally as in the case of COVID, all crises call us to awaken to a new way of being. So as with any shift in identity caused by a crisis, Joan Evans, who was one of my trainers in psychotherapy, she encourages us to neither deny or repress our suffering, but to include this as a learned experience, which is incorporated into our new identity. So it is precisely because of working our way through a long and arduous journey, as Psychosynthesis founder Roberto Asagioli puts it, that we build our capacity for resilience and meaning making. So it's this focus on meaning and purpose throughout difficult times that Frankel counts as helping him not only survive in Nazi death camps, but to continue on and thrive afterwards. So I've got some journal prompts here for you. So you might want to go to the show notes because I'll have all the links to this in the show notes, but I'll read them out to you anyway. You might just be out and about today and might just want to reflect on one of these. So Journal prompts to help you work through a crisis. So how are your symptoms or those of the current world crisis limiting you? How are they serving you? So it may seem strange that something so limiting to your life energy can also be serving you in some way. It's about making space for both parts of you to have a voice. Is your life energy trapped in maintaining cycles of addiction, anxiety, depression, eating problems, overspending, negative thinking, perfectionism, or fill in the blank. What steps do you need to take to free yourself of your unnecessary suffering? In other words, how do we perpetuate our own suffering? What steps do you need to get out of your own way? Start small, really small, little tiny steps. Uh, Looking back over your life, has anything positive arisen out of a difficult circumstance? And how have you grown because of this? Who are your role models that have overcome adversity? What qualities do you admire about them? How can you activate these parts and qualities within yourself? 
you know, we often project, there's two types of projection. There's like negative projection where we project all the negative stuff, but we also project the positive stuff. There's a paper that I wrote called Repression of the Sublime, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It's really useful for this. We often look at other people and think, oh, she's so great. She's so beautiful. Uh, We're actually projecting our own light onto them. So how can you own that as well as the darkness and the shadow? This is from the 12th step. What does the following quote mean to you? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think that's really important at the moment with COVID, you know. There's, you just can't change how things are at the moment. We can do our best to be careful and wear masks and sanitise and do all those kind of things, but the wider issue is that it is out there. Okay, so write down anything you feel bad about or the painful feelings you are having today. Now, write to that part of you that is suffering a letter full of acceptance, kindness and compassion. So just like you would write to a friend who is suffering. What happens when you show yourself kindness and compassion? So the next one in the show notes, there will be a link to this prompt and you will find a list of spiritual qualities to use in your journal writing. And so what you will do is you will, there's instructions on there as well. You'll find, you'll choose one spiritual quality. So I'm just going to take one off the top of my head, say acceptance. You can meditate on that. You can write it on a piece of cardboard and put it somewhere where you'll see it. So it will trigger your brain into the word acceptance. Um, there's a whole list of activities there anyway, so you can go and find that. What makes your heart sing? So this is one of the questions that I ask every client that I work with. What makes your heart sing? And I know that in the therapy, we are going to be working towards that. So what steps do you need to take to actualize that? So for me, if you were to say, um, what makes your heart sing? Back when I first started therapy, it was swimming with fungi, the wild dolphin in Ireland. And so I just knew I had to go and live there. (laughs) And off I went for three months and did that. I mean, obviously that's quite extreme, but it might be standing on the top of a mountain. It might be bushwalking. It might be dancing. It might be, you know, for me, I love swimming laps and being held by the water. So you know, whatever that means for you. It could be gardening. It could be picking flowers, smelling roses. Okay. It could be family. Most people it's not. (laughs) Most people that come to therapy anyway. Okay. Another one is to connect often with the cycles and rhythms of nature. So wonder about how when something dies, it makes room for growth. Doing the same walk for a whole year is a wonderful practice for this one because you get to see the natural cycle of life. Okay, so now I have some inspirational life stories for you. And these are life stories by people who have overcome crisis and found meaning and purpose throughout difficult times. The Long Walk to Freedom by Nelson Mandela. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Left for Dead by Samantha Barlow. Educated by Tara Westover. Back After the Break by Osha Gunsberg. The Happiest Refugee by Arne Doe. Girl in the Woods by Aspen Mattis, Unbreakable, Women Share Stories of Resilience and Hope by Jane Caro, I Beat the Odds from Homelessness to the Blind Side and Beyond by Don Yeager, and that was made into the movie The Blind Side, A Child Called It by Dave Peltzer, and, of course, The Diary of Anne Frank by Anne Frank. And actually, if anyone out there is on Goodreads, I am there under Jodie Gale, and I'm a prolific audiobook listener and I've 
listen to almost all of those on audiobook, I think. But you can connect with me there and you can get a whole list of uh, really great books. Okay, so the other thing is in the show notes, you will also find a YouTube link to connect with your body to help you find meaning in the darkness. So it's actually a Koya practice and it's based on the idea that through movement we remember. We remember our essence is inherently wise, wild and free. So I hope this episode spoke to you in some way. I'll post all of the links in the show notes. So for the show notes, go to the soulcenter.online forward slash soul sessions, finding meaning and purpose in difficult times. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Soul Sessions podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. To learn more about how you can befriend your body, feelings, mind and soul, Get Jody's free 65-page ebook at the soulcenter.online. Until next time.